Well, good evening. evening. Wednesday night can be a challenge sometimes. Sometimes weeks are long, but it's good to be here. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, we're going to talk about prayer tonight. More specifically, private prayer. Uh, I trust you pray. Um, And this is separate, so for those in my Sunday school class, we're doing, uh, we're looking at some one another's and how we ought to uh, treat one another or respond to one another. The, uh, what is it, a reciprocal plural pronoun. Uh, But uh, this Sunday we'll be looking at praying for one another. Um, So just as a teaser, we'll be in James 5 verse 16 uh, for Sunday school, uh, for those of you that want to read ahead. Um, but tonight, Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at the idea of private prayer. But if you would, stand with me in honor of reading the Word of God. I just want to make sure you guys stay awake tonight. Um, we're going to begin reading in verse 5, uh, down through verse 13. The Word of God says this, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into the closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, tonight we do, Lord, we truly are glad to be here, and we thank you for the opportunity to gather together with the people of God tonight, and I pray that if, or that as we take these next few moments to look at your word, that you'd help us to set aside the distractions of the week. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be focused on you and your word for the next few moments, that there would be nothing that would take our attention away, and Lord, we ask that you would touch hearts. We pray that the Holy Spirit would move in lives tonight, and I pray that we would be drawn closer to Christ, Lord, that we would walk closer with Thee, because we've learned something from Your Word tonight. Lord, help us to be doers of Your Word, and I pray, Lord, that You would just strengthen and encourage each one of us for the remainder of the week. We ask Your blessing on this service, in Christ's name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So we see here, and as we pick up here in the Sermon on the Mount, as it's often called to, that Jesus is teaching his disciples uh, the value of private prayer, I think. We are given a a significant contrast uh, when it comes to prayer. In verse 5, we can pray like the hypocrites, it says, openly and publicly, and uh, so we can get the recognition of men and maybe pat ourselves on the back because of our eloquent prayer. Uh, and it says they have their reward. You get that's that is your reward, just the satisfaction of being seen of men. 
uh, thinking that you're something. And then in verse 6, it says that if you would pray secretly or privately to your father, that he will see that and he's going to respond. And he's going to do it openly, publicly. And you, at times, I don't think we truly understand the many blessings that we have in our lives, or maybe some lack blessing in their lives because they have not prayed. You know, and I'm not saying every time somebody goes through it because God does allow affliction. God does allow suffering in our lives. Uh, but oftentimes, when we look at somebody that is so blessed, we don't see what goes on behind closed doors. And, and, and further in the, or earlier in this, this chapter, it talks about your almsgiving. Sometimes, boy, why has God blessed that person so much? Well, you have no idea what they're doing with their finances. And maybe God's just good measure pressed down, giving it back to them because they've been faithful to him. And they're just not making a big deal about it. But in our flesh, oftentimes we like to make a big deal out of things. We like to be noticed. We like people to think that we're spiritual. Uh, But if you look at what Scripture teaches... That's completely opposite of what God expects of us. God expects us to be humble and to do to walk with Him privately. And that will be manifest openly at times, no doubt. And so tonight, private prayer, it develops our spiritual nature. And so tonight, I trust that you do have a private prayer life. Uh, Sunday morning or Sunday school, I got a couple practical things you can do uh, to to help in that area. But tonight, I'm just going to make the assumption that you're praying privately. And if you're not, I want to encourage you to do so. Uh, Praying with your wife is great. I pray with Cindy occasionally. I prayed with her tonight. Uh, But sometimes you need to get alone with God. We all do. Wives do, husbands do, children do. Uh, grandparents do. Listen, it's a relationship. God wants you to commune with him privately. Uh, It will develop us. Our bodies develop through regular physical exercise, do they not? I know there's conditioning when you join the military, uh, and I think it's the same in our spiritual lives. Uh, The spirit of man also benefits through this regular spiritual or godly exercise. I'll give you some scripture to kind of back up what I'm saying. First Timothy 4, 7 and 8, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that is now is and of that which is to come. So there's eternal benefits from godliness. And I would say that prayer is a form of spiritual exercise. I would submit that to you tonight, that no doubt uh, prayer would increase your godliness. And hopefully I can make some practical applications here to to kind of validate that. Uh, The practice of prayer uh, is of critical importance. There are some things that don't come by but prayer and fasting. So there are victories we won't have unless we get real about our prayer life and even afflict ourselves a little bit in fasting. But V.L. Crawford says this, prayer is the spiritual gymnasium in which we exercise and practice godliness. Frederick Meyer says prayer is educative. The man who prays grows. 
The muscles of the soul swell this whipcord to iron bands. As you pray, I believe you can grow spiritually. Um, when you, I think I've used this in Sunday school, maybe even in a, in a message uh, before, uh, before the whole church, but uh, a relationship, a husband and wife relationship uh, requires communication. Discourse, talking, I like this, I don't like that. You said this, I said that. Well, that's not what I understood what you said. And the more that you communicate, the closer that relationship often grows. Uh, the, the more you get to know them, and that's the same with our Heavenly Father. The more that we communicate with Him in prayer and, and we take special time to just get alone privately with Him, we can develop a greater and deeper relationship with our God. Simply by just pouring our hearts out. Private prayer provides freedom from distractions. In our example, in verse 6, it says, but, when thou, or, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. Uh, find somewhere that is private. Nobody's going to find you. Nobody's going to be able to disrupt you. Uh, it's moments that nobody even knows that you're away, maybe. Uh, but where else but in the privacy of a closet, and I'm not saying you have to physically get in a closet, uh, it might not be a bad idea uh, if that's the only place you can get privately. But without doing that, how can you fully concentrate your efforts and commune with God? Our homes are filled with distractions. Um, I don't know if you, got a, if you have a, a smart home, if you got an AI in the house like Alexa. I, most of you probably have one on your phone anyway, if you don't have it uh, one in your home. Uh, but you need to get somewhere where you can engage with God without external distractions. Listen, we assembled together tonight for prayer meeting. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think we need corporate and public prayer. But there were distractions in here tonight. The distraction of hearing other people pray. That, that is a blessing to hear, but it's also a distraction because it distracts you from focusing your prayers at times. And so uh, the movements or the noises that take place in here can be a distraction. You know what else can be a distraction when you pray with other people? Our pride. Because we get concerned that maybe we're not praying spiritual enough. Lord, help us. But I know for a fact that that hinders our prayer, our pride. Because we want to sound more spiritual than we are. Listen, the reality is you're not going to get more spiritual until you just start praying. Listen, nobody, God doesn't care. He just wants you to pour your heart out. So don't worry what anyone else thinks. I'll never forget, I was a young, I think I was a deacon at the time, and I went on a trip to who's the central Washington or western Washington. I went with Pastor Boyle and, and I, I think the staff. And we stayed a couple nights in a hotel. Maybe might have been just one night. But we were, in the evenings, we were meeting up in, in one of the rooms to pray together. 
And I remember feeling that. Like, boy, I just don't feel like I can pray like these guys. They're so much more spiritual. And I just felt an, a calm knowing that, you know what, I don't have to impress them. The Lord just said, Justin, what's on your heart? And so I just prayed what was on my heart. Kind of the, what was taking place, the purpose of the, the meeting that we were attending and those things. And, and listen, we, God just wants to hear from you. He wants your fellowship. He wants to commune with you. And sometimes when we're in a group of people, that is difficult because of our pride. But if you get in your prayer closet, if you get privately, there, nobody's there. Who cares? You can cry. You can laugh. You can beg God. He just wants to commune with you. He wants to hear what's on your heart. Listen, we, it, he already knows what we need. We read it tonight. We don't need vain repetitions. We don't, listen, just open your heart up to God. Say, God, this area of my life, this situation in my life, this situation in my family, this situation in my church, boy, I don't know what to do here, but God, just, just help us. Give us wisdom. Do you commune with God like that? Boy, how do we need a private prayer life? A place where we can go where there's no distractions. We're not concerned with what people think. Uh, listen, we're not concerned about the piano starting up to cut us off. Because there's a time constraint. But we've set aside some time privately to get with our God. Listen, you can really emphasize on your personal concerns in private prayer life. Like you can't public prayer. Listen, by nature, you really can't address the specific needs of an individual in public prayer. That's not the case privately. Everything's on the table at that point. It's just you and God. And He loves you. He cares for you. He's concerned for you. And He wants to comfort you. He wants to meet your need. He wants to pull up, give out grace and help in your time of need. You don't have to be concerned with it. You can pour out your soul to God and God alone and just have sweet fellowship with Him. Listen, I think it will help you develop a close communion with God as well in a greater way. Listen, consider the law of habit. How many of you have habits in life? I got some I'd like to break. Um, I have some good habits. I think we're creatures of habit. Very much so. Uh, they just naturally kind of form in our lives. But we need to be careful about it. Because those habits can be good or bad. Well, we can have bad habits. One who allows himself to engage in sinful practice over time finds himself enslaved by the force of habit to sin. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant thereof. So we can definitely develop bad habits. For one who engages in a regular godly practice, the formation of habits can be good, right? If, if you're engaged in those things that are godly. And I don't think that, it, I, I think this private prayer is no exception to this. You can make it a habit in life if you would commit to doing it. 
a regular practice of, of private prayer soon forms a habit. Uh, and it will often lend itself to the development of a closer communion and fellowship with God. <clears throat> I use the example of a relationship, husband and wife, pick a relationship. The more you communicate, the deeper it gets, the more it develops. And so obviously when I say this tonight, if you would couple it with the Word of God and allow God to speak to you in His Word and then allow God to speak to you through the Holy Spirit in prayer, that relationship is just going to get deeper and deeper the more that you do it. So that habit uh, that you're developing is a good thing. Uh, Once the habit of close fellowship with God has been formed, one cannot help but be influenced by this. Are bad habits influenced, do they not? Proverbs tells us, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Listen, if you spend more time with God, how wise do you think you could be? Everything that we need to be successful in our life, in our walk with God on this earth, is available to us. But I think oftentimes we fail in our part of the relationship. Husbands are often lousy communicators. Let's just be honest. I mean, there might be a, a couple exceptions in this, in this room, like myself. Um, <laughs> but the reality is oftentimes we're poor communicators. We don't share things with our wives. We don't communicate with our wives. We don't discuss uh, the things that are even important to us. And, and God forbid if they open the up and want to reveal something uh, to us, if we're going to be emotionally there to be with them. But listen, it's the same with our God. We can't develop a deeper and greater relationship with Him if we're not communicating with Him. If we're not getting on our knees and, and just saying, God, uh, help me. You'll be a different person if you start praying more. He'll start to rub off on you. He'll, he'll, he'll have an effect on your life, just like if you were hanging out with a bunch of fools that begin to rub off on you. And begin to affect you. The more time you spend with God, the more he'll rub off on you. And that's a good thing. Listen, Daniel, he was never deterred by the decree to stop praying. His chief concern was honoring his God. And I know tonight I'm talking about public prayer, and now I bring up Daniel that, right, private prayer, we're talking about private prayer, and I'm bringing up Daniel that, that was known for public prayer a very visible thing. But I think the principle is the same. He was committed to communing with his God. And I I didn't develop this thought, but it was just as I was meditating today, I I thought about this. I've been to the Middle East, I don't know how many times now. I've lost track and Lord willing, I will never have to go back. Um, But one of the things that is very common in the Middle East is prayer time. So much so that the sirens go off, the music plays, and somebody, blah, 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 in a language I can't understand, begins to utter those things because it's prayer time. 
their entire communities shut down. I was in Saudi Arabia and I was off base. And I had gotten in a vehicle accident. Uh, anyway, the specifics aren't important. But we were, the police were there and it was a very concerning time. I thought I was going to get rolled up and taken at one point. Um, but so here we are. We're just kind of there and it was just awkward. Because I, I could tell that the police weren't really on my side. And I had this interpreter from the embassy trying to talk to the police for me. It was just kind of a difficult situation. Well, we're there, and it, it would pl- went on for several minutes. Well, all of a sudden, prayer time happened. And the, the main police officer, the highest-ranking one there, just stopped, went to his vehicle, pulled his carpet out, rolled it out, and started praying. And I was like, I'm trying to get out of here, buddy. He didn't care about what my thoughts were on the matter. Where have we gone in modern Christianity with the importance we place on prayer? I think we could learn something from a culture like that. I'm not, obviously we don't agree with them, but uh, on anything. but, But what I'm saying is they take it serious. And I, I understand it's a little bit different, but how much more for those of us that know that we have a God that loves us and died for us and gave us the ability to approach the throne of grace? And we won't even privately get in our closet and pray to him. Daniel's main concern was nothing but honoring his God. Despite a decree that would send him to Death. It says this in in Daniel 6.10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled up upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. He was going to do it regardless. His prayer life and I believe his testimony had such an impact that this is the, what the king said of Daniel in verse 16, Daniel chapter 6. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Look what it says here. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Daniel had such a godly reputation that this king that had sentenced him to death said, you know what, Daniel, I'm pretty confident your God can handle this. I think he'd seen some answered prayers in the life of Daniel before. God answers our prayers. But they have to be offered. I think oftentimes we lack the gumption. Our testimony is lacking because our prayer life lacks. We're not as bold of a witness because we're not in communion with our God. We've never experienced Him in that private moment or even experienced Him in answering some of the basic prayer needs that we've had or or the things that we've brought before His throne because we just don't go to Him. We just live life willy-nilly. I pray before meals and I pray at church. God help us. 
And therefore, we just lack the gumption. Daniel wasn't concerned. He had knew, he'd no doubt seen answered prayer. We, we won't take the time to look at the book up to this point. But Daniel had seen God move because he had a relationship with him. He was fellowshipping with his God. And so he wasn't concerned about the outcome of what might take place. Did you know prayer can keep you from evil? Listen, our flesh is, is depraved. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, the Word of God tells us. In James 4 and 1 through 3, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust, that ye war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and ye cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Listen, the bottom line, our prayer life ain't right. We're praying in the flesh. We haven't communed with God. We don't even have a clue what His will is. Because we haven't communicated with Him. And His Word, and in, in the prayer closet. The lust of the flesh is warring against our spirit. This I say, then walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Have you ever just felt like you're struggling? Boy, why do I have to, this battle? Listen, God will help you with that. Maybe you haven't got to the point where your sin broke you. And you had to go to God to beg Him. Forgive me. Help me to get victory. That's the relationship He wants. He wants a real intimate. That's when He can give grace and help. When we come before him broken, understanding that we need him. Listen, controlling self is a difficult challenge, is it not? Private prayer can help. God will help you. Listen, the problem of pride can be treated by humbling yourself in prayer. Confessing your sins and inadequacies before an almighty God. His grace is sufficient. He can overcome it all. You say, tonight i got a problem without, with anger, wrath, malice. These things oftentimes are harbored in our hearts. Did you know the Spirit will help us pray? Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Listen, when we get into that prayer closet, the Spirit's there helping us. And look, we often struggle with, with things. The works of the flesh, we might say, Anger, wrath, malice, whatever the case may be. 
But we have the Spirit, and these are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Boy, the opposite of the things that we tend to struggle with. We have all the help we need. We just need to get in the closet. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if our homes and our church was just filled with the fruits of the Spirit? Because we got into our prayer closets and communed with our God and asked Him for help in the areas that we struggle. Uh, The challenges that we have, listen, and they're daily challenges. You can't get in the closet on Monday. All right, I'm ready to face the next six days this week. You're probably not going to make it 10 minutes. Listen, we need to get with our God every day. Daniel was three times a day. Praise God, we can pray without ceasing. You can pray while the clown that you're at work with is just being an idiot. Lord, help me not to smack him. It happens. Maybe, well, disregard that. Listen, we can, much good comes of prayer. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. God hears our prayers. We saw in verse 6 that our Father hears and answers prayer. It says, He shall reward thee openly. Especially when we ask according to His will, because we're in tune with Him. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Listen, God wants to commune with us. God wants to meet our needs. But oftentimes we're asking amiss because we're in the flesh. And we're not fellowshipping with Him. We're not communing with Him. Listen, our prayer life will change when we get right with God. Did you know prayer can change things? Hezekiah, I don't know if you're familiar with it, in 2 Kings chapter 20, he prayed and God gave him 15 more years to live. That's pretty significant. You're going to die. And it says, he says this, it says, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. He got serious about his prayer life, I would say. And God responded. Listen, God doesn't always give us everything we ask because we're not always in line with what his will is. If we would line up with him, uh, it will happen. Prayer is effective. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. For those in Sunday school, we'll look at that a little bit more this week. But listen, we can receive a lot of good from our God because of our prayers. But we can also help others and promote their happiness and their well-being Uh, Because of our prayers. Uh, 
We can secure God's favor on their behalf with intercessory prayers. The prayers of Abraham did more to save Lot than any riches did. The intercession of Moses saved the nation of Israel. We too can secure such good for others through our intercessory prayers. We ought to pray for our leaders. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior. You praying for our nation's leaders? Our representatives? I think they might need to get reminded of that occasionally. Or do we just complain about them? Everybody's got an opinion about how the political scene should look and and what our representatives ought to be doing uh, to represent us in, in the things that we want. But oftentimes I just hear people whining and complaining about them. We're tearing them down. Have we prayed for their soul? Have we prayed that God would send somebody to them that they might hear the gospel and be saved? It says supplications and intercessions. And look at this. It even says this, giving of thanks. That can be hard to do at times when you don't agree with somebody. But the reality is we really don't have a place to complain about the condition of our nation if we're not praying for them. Listen, we can bless our preacher's efforts by praying for them. Finally, brethren, pray for us. The Apostle Paul in 2, Timothy, or 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, pray for us that the word of God may, or that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as is with you. You pray for the preaching of the word of God that it goes forward with free course, that God can accomplish that which he desires in the hearts of men. Because of the preaching of the word, we can bless and help one another by praying for each other. James 5.16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. That ye may be healed, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Listen, there's people in our church hurting. Things that we don't know anything about. Are you praying for our church? Other than just when we get this thing on Wednesday. I don't even have it. Somewhere here. How serious are we about our prayer lives? We, we have so many examples in Scripture of how prayer has worked. How many examples do we have that we've experienced in our life to know that prayer worked? Listen, be familiar with the scriptures. Be familiar with what God's done throughout uh, the lives of men. But don't you want God to do something in your life? Don't you want God to answer a prayer that you thought was impossible? Listen, he hasn't changed. He's still able. 
And so that leads me to believe that it's on our end of this deal that perhaps we're not in our private prayer closet appealing to heaven, asking God to do a work. The reality is he's the only one that can do it anyway. I don't know why we neglect private prayer. I get it. it. It can be a challenge. It can be hard. If we desire to be godly and to do good, I think we need to make private prayer a habit in our lives. And I think our Father that will see it secretly or in private will flow out His blessings openly before man. I would tell you today, don't go home and set your alarm for 4.30 and say, I'm going to pray for an hour if you've only been praying for 10 minutes. Be realistic. Develop that relationship with your God. Because you don't want to overwhelm yourself because you think you're spiritually here when really you're probably somewhere way down here off this platform in the fellowship hall. Let's be honest. We like to think we're here. And, and listen, we want, to, we want to have an intimate prayer. I believe, I believe you do. We want to have an intimate prayer life. We want to walk with our God. We want to commune with our God. But it's minute by minute. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't overwhelm your flesh because that relationship hasn't been developed. I remember as a young person, and I can say that because there's some old guys here, so this could be last week for all you guys know. As a young person, you start praying. Man, you get into that thing and, and you're, you're you've exhausted the things that you need, can pray for. Oh, two minutes and 45 seconds. It's, you guys are chuckling because it's true. And I'm not saying you need to pray for an hour, two hours, three hours. I think there are some that have, some that do. Start somewhere. Find that private place, that prayer closet, and just pour your heart out to God. Amen. And there's no telling what God will do when He opens the heavens and pours out the responses openly before men. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for this day. Father, we thank You for Wednesday night prayer meeting. And we thank You for this church. And we ask, Lord, that You would, Lord, work in our hearts. Help us to make prayer a priority. And I pray that we would get serious about our private prayer life. Lord, I pray that You would help us to come before Your throne. And I pray that as people pray and come to You, that You would just meet with them. I pray that our church would be a praying church. And Lord, we need you. And I ask, Father, that you would just bless our church. I think of this Sunday as we look ahead to the remainder of the week, that you would just meet with us in a special way. And Father, we do pray that you would bless our pastor as well. We thank you, Lord, for him and his labors. And 
pray that you just bless him in his recovery, that you just strengthen his body. And Lord, we uh, will just trust you in the timing, but we pray that you get him back to 100%. Uh, and Father, we just uh, pray for your blessing upon our church. Lord, I pray that we would be wholly committed to honoring you with our lives. And Father, that you would take our church and do great and amazing things that we weren't even able to comprehend. Not because of who we are, but because of what you've done in our lives. And we'll give you the glory for all of it. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.